This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? It is the end of the week for us. Oh, thank God. God. But it's the beginning of the week for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. <laughs> but for us, it's Friday. <laughs> oh, Janelle, I love when you sing. It's such a beautiful voice. It is. You know? so um, do you guys have plans for the weekend? We are signing. Signing? Signing. We are signing our title tonight to sell our old house. So yes. we're going to have champagne afterwards. And watch Game of Thrones. That's all I want to do is watch Game of Thrones. Apparently, that's what everyone wants to do. <laughs> I Those better get plans. on this. I that's better get it. on this. What about um, you? Well, my husband took the kids to a movie. They're in the theater right now. Bye. And so I'm going to go maybe eat dinner by myself at a fancy restaurant. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> um, let's. Well, Kenny, tell us about this wine you brought us. Just brought it from North Carolina because from my trip from I was, the Biltmore. I was rude and just took a sip before anyone else. Oh tried no, I've it. been I've been sipping oh, on it this oh, whole I've been time. Drinking it okay, already, it's so. really good. It is really good. How did you know to pick this twenty-four year old? Uh we <laughs> had a free wine tasting, and this one was good. <laughs> Perfect, perfectly, and, and one of the cheaper kinds. So it's, oh, okay. it's delicious. It yeah, is very good. very good. So what is it? Oh yeah, we should talk about who it is here. You you talk about it. Biltmore. A state. It's a Merlot. It's a 2017, and it's American because it's it's from the Biltmore. Because it's from the Biltmore. So, do do you know if they grow the grapes at Biltmore, or do they? Some of them they do. Okay. I don't know if this one's at the Biltmore or not. Okay. You know, it's delicious. It's very good. Where's the Biltmore again? In Asheville, North Carolina. Great. I've heard a lot. That's been like a hot place to go i've seen it all over the face space oh really okay. yeah okay. i've seen like multiple people who are like i'm going to Asheville," and i'm like when did this become hot i think it, i heard it's pretty cool there but then again kenny is the coolest kenny, one you know what if kenny's going <laughs> it's cool so i'm gonna follow his lead and go to sounds Mexico. good i brought a really cheap bottle of wine in case we run out of the biltmore which i don't think we will but it's a cupcake vineyards so and it has a twist cap so i love a good twist cap yeah exactly. don't make me work for it I know, right? Just do it. Just take this off. Twist it off. Mm. Kenny, Mm-mm. what are you doing this weekend? Watching Game of Thrones. Really yes. my only plan. Oh, on Saturday, I have this like adult Easter egg hunt. There's like oh, drinks fun. and stuff. It's I was going to say, course. are they going to hide beers? I don't, I don't think they hide drinks, but like beforehand it's in a bar and then. Oh. That's such a good idea. And when that. it gets dark, you get flashlights and there's like 4,000 <gasps> eggs with like prizes. Apparently like local businesses like are donating stuff. Why did we know think what of that? Is, but. Damn it! I'm Can excited. we do it for another holiday? What about a boozy Mother's Day? Drop Ooh. your kids off somewhere and we'll get you drunk, Mom. <laughs> it's on. That's all I want. That's Is that a, wrong? I love that, Kenny. That'll be fun. That's so I'm exciting. excited. I have heard about... I, there's, I saw an article or something about a mom who has an Easter egg hunt for her adult kids every year and she hides craft beer. Oh, that's a good one. And they go out with like buckets and they fill their buckets with the craft beer. That's a way to get your kids to come home from college for sure. <laughs> That'll, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah, I like it. Um, cool. Great. All right. Well, um, I, do you remember who goes first? I have no I think, is it me? It's me. Jenny. Jenny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I did lightning last, oh, last yes. week. Oh, yes. You're right. You okay. go first. Okay. So, again, I did my thing where I figure out. You should talk about the website really fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You guys, I totally forgot. Um, we have a website. It's literally our page, but get excited. But Jenny did it herself, and it looks amazing. I'm I so did. proud of you. Thank you. I did. I built a page website by myself. Uh, Kenny did have to add a couple things because he was like, we should say this instead. I'm like, cool. Um, I also figured out why it wasn't working on mobile, everyone. So I feel like kind of a web genius right now. You um, are. <laughs> I mean. So if you want to check out the website, please do. SipSurviveRepeat.com. Um, don't just type it into Google because it starts pulling up all the places we are on like, you know, Stitcher and I, iTunes and all that crap. So type in SipSurviveRepeat.com. Hopefully our SEO will start kicking in at some point. Eh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, you can also listen to the most recent episode on the page. So there's a little like play button 
and a bar. And if you play that, it'll play the most recent episode that we have uploaded. So, so props to you. Hey, now. Good job. Do you want me to tell them the secret of why we look so good on the yeah. side? Yeah. Okay. So unbeknownst to Danelle. I, well, let me back up before you say this. <laughs> so Jenny, here's the thing. I'm not 80 years old. However, I'm not very technologically advanced. So Jenny and Kenny pretty much do 90% Okay, 100% of all the social stuff and, like, digital stuff. I'm just along for the ride, <laughs> which is kind of not cool, but no, it's, it's just totally the way it cool. is. So Jenny sent me a link to the website that she set up, and I was like, oh, my God. I thought to myself, like, that picture of me is not bad. Like, I actually look decent in it. Like, not terrible. So Jenny <laughs> tells me today. Go on, Jenny. <laughs> um, so before I posted the pictures of me and Danelle, I used a little face tune on them. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand me and Danelle both have very light features yes. and like we both wear makeup but you can't tell yeah like sometimes our eyebrows are the same color as our face and blonde. you have to yeah I mean Danelle has blonde eyebrows I have like strawberry blonde almost non-existent eyebrows now I will say I did not face tune Kenny so if you go on there he is au naturel in his real state so and I don't mean he's naked I mean he doesn't have <laughs> face tune on us so don't be mad at us but if you wonder, like, God, that Jenny and Danelle, really, really attractive. really good looking. It's fake. It's fake. I'm sorry. My brows are not that dark. Um, I do pencil them. My on. eyelashes are not that long. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't get crazy. I just added, like, a little color yeah. to make us Could not you look white dead. my teeth next time? <laughs> oh, did I not? No, I don't know. I just feel like I always want them whiter. Oh, I feel like, I don't even know if your mouth was open in your picture. I think it was well, a closed mouth smile. Next time. Good to know. Make I always wipe really my white. teeth when I use that because my teeth are always a little... Well, it's from all the wine we drink. Wine and tea. I decided I can't drink coffee. We'll get into that another time, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Into the business. Business. Okay. So this week, uh, I I do like to think of things. This is my new thing is I'm, I'm thinking of items I'm deathly afraid of. So last week it was lightning, which we all talked about the fact that I like to crouch Mm-hmm. when I'm outside and there's a lightning storm because I feel like the lower I am to the ground, the less likely I am to be hit. Super which normal. Totally normal. Everyone does it. Totally normal. So my other fear is being buried alive. I almost did a buried alive one today before. <laughs> I feel like that sounds terrifying. I'm on board with you with that. that yeah. sounds <laughs> awful, obviously. I don't like it. Um, so the article I have is from something called list verse i believe and it's um basically the the beginning of it is when you are buried alive you're almost always going to die so so good thing this is survivor (laughs) (laughs) so i have a list of 10 people who survived being buried alive 10 10 that's a lot more than i thought well i mean Listen, listen, the first one happened in 1867. So these are spread out a bit. And a couple of them are babies, which I'm like, babies don't count. They're resilient. I'm old. You know who else will probably live? Kenny, because he's fucking young as shit. All right. Bury me. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I can claw my way out. Fuck. Kenny? I would just be like, oh, well. (laughs) I'd be like, well, I guess I'm going to go to sleep now. I know. I was going to say, at least I get to nap now. I'm going to take a nap, and it's dark. Sounds and it's quiet. That's great. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if I'm going to say her name right, but it's Philomel, 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 that. She's a 24 year old French woman. Mm. So I should probably say that Frenchy, but yeah. Did you like that? I had a lot of extra phlegm there. She was a 24 year old French woman, and she fell ill with cholera in 1867 she was sick for a few days and then the priest came to read her her last rites she was then pronounced dead she was placed in a a coffin uh one hour after her death now i'm gonna be honest with you that's too quick if i die give give it give it a day or two give me a good 48 don't shove me in a coffin an hour later (laughs) So Give us with, some time. Within six hours of death, she was in the ground. Someone wanted her there. Yeah, exactly. What kind of people are here in your life, Philomelee? <laughs> I feel like it takes longer to dig a grave than yes. six hours. Like, do they have one already ready? I mean, they don't have 
equipment. That's by hand. That's like two That's, guys shoveling. You're right. This is oh, 18 something. Although I'm going to be honest with you. I bet the guy who digs that has a nice physique. I bet you he does. <laughs> Kenny's like, and I'm out. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next time Todd wants to go work out, I'll be like, why don't you go dig a grave? <laughs> Because you just want to freak your husband out that yes. bad. Perfect. I'm gonna watch this Dateline while you go dig a grave. <laughs> I'm gonna look, I'm gonna read forensic files. That was an evil laugh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So when the grave diggers finished burying Philomele, they were about to head home and they heard knocking oh, from no. inside the grave site. Oh no! <laughs> it's not funny. I shouldn't but laugh, it's, but it's hilarious. But she gets out. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Oh. I forget who... Where's your paper? I don't have paper. I'm using a computer like a big girl today. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they hastily dug up all their previous work and quickly called a physician. So you ha- let's remember now. They dug the grave. They buried her. Mm-hmm. Then they had to dig it again? They're really... Their abs are so tight God, right now. God, so hot. Those biceps and tries? This is so inappropriate. I can't. <laughs> Okay, so they called a physician, and as the doctor examined her, I'm not going to say her name again because I'll get it wrong, he could hear a faint heartbeat. He also noted the fresh wounds on her hands matched the kind of injuries expected from knocking on a coffin lid. Her breath was so faint that it almost didn't exist, but the the physician was able to revive her. He kept her alive until the next day where she passed away, either due, due to the cholera or her nightmarish ordeal in the coffin. Probably the cholera. They're not sure which. <gasps> oh, poor baby. <laughs> this time, everybody involved made sure she was truly dead. Thanks, guys. Oh, man, that's so sad. Agreed. I was expecting a much happier ending. I know. <laughs> well, I mean. That took a turn for the worst. Here's the thing. She survived. But she then, did. But then she Jenny, didn't. Glass is half full on this one. Yeah. She did survive. She, right. she survived. She lived through being buried alive. Okay. It was the cholera. Again, this one I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but <laughs> the man from Veraz de Vasconcelos. Vasconcelos? You are? Mm, that sounds nice. Vasconcelos. A woman living in the Sao Paulo suburb of Faraz de Vasconcelos. <laughs> got quite a shock in 2013 she was visiting her family tomb and she witnessed a truly disturbing sight so you're in a graveyard okay. you're visiting grandpa or whatever i think this was a whole family tomb so it was probably like grandma grandpa Everyone's aunts there, uncles everybody's buried near the tomb she could see a man trying to escape <gasps> from his own grave he'd terrifying already, he'd already freed his hands and head on his own now he was attempting to pull the rest of his body out of the ground do you think it was a a sl- like if you've ever been to New Orleans everything's above ground and it was like a slate on top of it like was it he was pulling the top off or he was digging himself out I'm gonna go with it's like the slate where you're pulling it yeah but here's every all all I can think of is Michael Jackson thriller yeah that's what I'm thinking of. or Night of the Walking Dead or oh. not wait not Night wait, Night of the Living Night Dead of the, oh, the movie terrified me as a kid oh I my god I loved it but it was scary side note though but like do you think when he got out he started dancing like Naturally. I'm, I'm Wait, envisioning what, it. What year is this? Um, 2013 for sure. Yeah, yeah. he was like How could clapping you know? <laughs> and like shaking his head. Yes. Um. So anyway, <laughs> rescue workers arrived on the scene and helped the man escape his grave. Thank you, paramedics. They helping. took him to the hospital and he had a medical evaluation. Um. He was a city hall employee. They don't know how long he was, or nobody knows exactly how he was buried alive in the first place. But they think he was involved in a fight that ended with him being nearly beaten to death. And according to his nephew, he suffered from severe psychiatric problems because of the ordeal. Yeah, you think? Yeah. But it doesn't say how long he lived after this. But apparently... Wouldn't you write a book? Like, if that happened yes. to me, I'd be like, I'm writing a book about yes. this. Yes. I like how they don't tell me what his name is. Like, and how he got there. Hey, we don't know how you got here. We don't know if you're still alive. But if you are, write a book. Right. Do you need help with that? Kenny's here for you. Call Kenny. If you, <laughs> you need help, me. call Kenny. Yeah. Okay. CK. <sighs> call, call Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> CK1. CK1. It's like, a, it's like the fragrance, but it's called Kenny. <laughs> okay. Now this one, the name of is, I'm going to laugh at, and it's very insensitive to me, but it's called the Dong Dong Baby Girl. Excuse me? <laughs> Sorry. I'm already a glass and a half of wine <laughs> into this, so I'm just laughing like when I shouldn't be. Okay. Lou... Again, why are they? Why are people's names so hard? Lu Zhuan was a pregnant woman from the Chinese province of Dongdong. 
Okay, so it's a place. Okay. Since she lived in an agricultural community, she did not have access to modern medical care. Everyone around her believed she was only four months pregnant. So she went into labor, and they expected her to have a stillborn because, again, everyone's like, oh, you're four months. Yeah. She gave birth. The child was unresponsive, and everyone assumed it was dead. Oh, no. I would like to say, I learned this a long time ago, assumptions are never a good thing to make. Mm-mm. Nope. They're often wrong. Nope. And they often cause more harm than good. Right. Okay. However, Zwan's husband realized that his wife needed medical care and called for an ambulance. Thank God someone has a brain here. As she was rushed to the nearest hospital, Zwan's mother buried the baby in their yard. Mm. The mom's like, don't worry, I'll take care of this for you while you're... Like, she was probably Basically, trying to be nice and like, let me handle this. Like, most people would be like, let me clean your house while you're in the hospital. But this lady's like, let me bury your baby while you're in the hospital. Oh, Lord. So when she got to the hospital, um, the doctors provided all the necessary care. But they also determined she'd actually been six months pregnant. And so the baby was probably viable. So oh, no. they... Um, <laughs> They question the logic. Uh, the oh, the medical professionals question the logic of burying the baby so soon, without having medical professionals check the child. How about you question the logic as to why you don't have a hospital in that town? <clears throat> Valid point. I want to talk to the dong dongs. <laughs> Let's get to the dong dong and we'll talk about it. So, uh, Zwan's husband rushed back to the burial site after he heard this and dug up the baby and found it still had vital signs. <gasps> Thank. Goodness. After three days in the hospital, the family left because they couldn't pay the bills, which is sad. That's sad. Um, but once the story made international headlines, donations poured in for the little girl, and she was able to return to the hospital where Yay. she received all of the medical treatment she needed. Yay. Yay. Happy ending. That's great. So that's that's a good one. All right. Mike Meany. Lord. This is one of those people that you're like, no. I can say his name, though, so that's, that's optimal. Hey, we're heading, in, we're heading in the right direction. <laughs> so... Uh, he was an Irish barman, uh, and he buried himself alive as a stunt. <laughs> Kenny, I can hear you chuckling over there. <laughs> so it's hard to tell exactly what he was uh, hard to tell exactly what he was trying to prove. Mm-hmm. But he successfully stayed underground for sixty-one days. Why? Without dying or going Why? too insane. I used air quotes. You guys can't see that. I, okay, just so, lock yourself in a basement. Okay, so. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that doesn't way. count. Now, Meany wasn't the only one trying to perform this crazy feat. There were other people who were trying to do this, too. At the same time... This makes me want to drink. An American named Digger Odell, <laughs> which I love your name. I mean, Digger. Isn't that a porn star? No, it's... Dirk Diggler? <laughs> I guess that one is. But Digger is also the name of my three-year-old's dinosaur in his dinosaur book, Digger the Dinosaur. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, my favorite is is that it was Mike Meany, an Irish barman, and then an American named Digger O'Dell. Are you Irish? Maybe. You think. And I'm only saying this because I have red hair, and I'm pretty and sure Irish. there's Irish shit going on here. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to capture the world record for premature birth, which is what they call... Or, sorry, premature... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> premature burial. <laughs> or birth. <Ooh. laughs> okay. Digger Odell was trying to capture the world record for premature burial. But he couldn't compare it to the Irishman. Meany's no. friends buried him in a predominantly Irish district of London. There was a hole in the coffin so he would not die of carbon dioxide That's poisoning. That's cheating. But listen, listen, listen. You can't stay underground for 61 days. And you can't claim... You no, that's cheating. And his friends used the hole to send him water and food. See, nope, doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, so my favorite Sorry. part is he, Meanie would have had to have a staggering amount of trust in his buddies. Yeah. Talk let's, about friends. Let's talk about young friends. Kenny, would yeah. you trust that your friends would send you food and water if you were buried underground for 61 days? I would trust them to do that, but they'd also mess with me probably. Like, Ooh, do you think they put gross shit down there? I'd like fart in the hole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to guess they probably didn't publish it, but probably. Oh was. yeah. They probably did something like that. Yeah. Ooh, also, wonder... I'm surprised like David Blaine hasn't tried to break this record because he does those crazy things all the time. That's a very, yeah. yeah. Well, right. here's this a question. A... Here's my question. Are you ready for this? Where did he go to the bathroom? Oh, I didn't for think about 60 that. For 61 Yeah. Maybe days. there was a hole a on commitment. the bottom of the coffin with like a, a tube? pit or something oh, underneath or... it. Oh my God. Can you imagine the bugs though? What if a bug crawled up there and crawled up your butt? I've got a great idea. 
what's that? Let's see if Kenny wants to try this challenge <laughs> in my backyard. <laughs> Kenny, would you trust us? Depends. Am I getting paid during this time? <laughs> mm, I mean, yes. Then yeah, why not? <laughs> Deal. All right. Well, so uh, after 61 days underground, Meanie uh, reemerged into the light wearing sunglasses to shield his eyes. Um, he actually lived to see his stunt topped multiple times. So other people stayed underground longer than he did. Um, but the Guinness book of world records no longer acknowledges this particular feat. Yeah, it's stupid. Well, since it's their policy to not promote stunts that are incredibly life threatening. And this is, but the restroom part is a really good point. What did he do? I'm going to contact hmm. Mr. Meany mm-hmm. and be like, what did you do? You can't I'll, just, I'll depends. research it while I keep talking. Okay, okay. Take a look now. Anthony Britton, uh, he was a stuntman who was an escapist. So this is like, you know, the, I think, does David Blaine do that where they like yes. go underwater and they're all, you know, hooked up to, uh, and Houdini did that. Yeah. It says Houdini, Harry Houdini. Um, so for Britton's stunt, he was buried in a standard grave, two meters and six feet deep. He wore handcuffs. Why? That's not smart. But instead of lying in a coffin, the man was placed straight into the ground. Wait, two meters and six feet deep. Is oh, this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Feet? I'm sorry. Two meters is six feet deep. Okay. I read that wrong. Because I'm like, wait, because I'm, I'm trying to visualize how deep he. Okay. He's, so six he's, feet. That's that's a real grave. That's a commitment. And he didn't go in a coffin. He was just like, put the dirt on me, no, people. No, the worms in your butt. <sighs> so as you might expect, things went poorly. Nine <laughs> minutes after the burial. Nine, Nine minutes. <laughs> Britain was still underground. Not funny, but. Oh, wait. I scrolled too far. See? This is why I can't use a computer. Uh, Nine Br- minutes. Nine minutes after the burial, Britain was still underground, breaking the safety threshold he set up with the emergency crew. The crew quickly dug him up, getting him out just moments before he would have died. He said the real problem was because the dirt that they put on top of him was so heavy. Yeah. When he took a breath, he, like, couldn't. Like, cause the, the weight of the dirt on his chest where his lungs were was so great that he couldn't breathe. So I'm like, I don't think he thought this through. <laughs> no, I think a coffin would have been a great idea. I think a coffin would have been a better alternative. Or I'm, how about I, this? Just don't do it. Well, I wonder if he thought like he could live longer because he didn't have to have a hole for like so the carbon dioxide poisoning. But like, then you're just putting dirt on your chest yeah. that weighs a lot. So guess what? You can't breathe then either. Yeah. So mm. generally breathing becomes an issue underground. Yeah. What so. you need to do to live. Mm-hmm. What if you were buried and then he had a straw that he had in his mouth <laughs> and the straw went up through the ground, okay. out the tunnel or out the... But I think the problem was the compression on his chest was oh. so great right. that he couldn't, like, you know, when you take a deep breath and your chest It wouldn't expand? move, like it was just collapsed. Yeah. Okay. It was basically like somebody sitting on your chest, mm-hmm. which I've never had to happen, but I'm sure it's terrible. I told you the story about my sister sitting on my chest and putting Pringles on my face and letting the dog lick it off. Nope. That does not sound familiar. When I was little, she would sit on top of me and pin my arms back like this yeah. and put Pringles all the way down my face and let the dog lick it off. Is that why you like dogs so much? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. And Pringles. <laughs> Both of those things. But that was a heavy chest compression. So imagine dirt. Okay. I'm trying to relate it back to your story. Hey, listen. Sorry. I like oh. it. No, I loved it. A, I love Pringles. Did you know what Pringles are made out of though? Let's talk about it for a second. No, sec. don't ruin it for me. No, we're not going to ruin it. But basically, when they, make, when they make chips, they make chips and they peel the potatoes mm-hmm. and all the outside and like the the eyes, yeah. like the bad parts oh, of the really? potato get like flung out. That's the healthy part. Then Pringles takes the outside of the potato. That's right, they do. Mushes it all up and makes it into their own chip. So actually, Pringles are like potato skins. That's why I love them so much. You can maybe, maybe check my veracity on that. Nope. I believe you. I believe Great. everything you say. Perfect. I like that blind trust. Okay. The Compton baby girl. Two women were in for a surprise while taking a walk in Compton, California on a bike trail in November of 2015. While working their way down the path, they suddenly heard muffled baby cries. Hold on. I'm not ready. Scroll it. I got to scroll. Scroll it. Um, Kenny, did you have something you wanted to say? I'll wait till after your stories and I'll update you on Mike Mike Meany. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so the women heard this muffled crying from underground. They called for police, and when authorities arrived on the scene, they found a baby girl buried under a pile of asphalt 
on the bike trail. What a bunch of dicks. Who did that? The infant was only a day or two old, but the police officers were able to quickly retrieve her and get her to a nearby hospital. So anyway, the mother has, uh, the identity of the mother has not been released, but authorities posted a $500,000 warrant for her arrest. Oh, wow. Did they ever capture? The woman was eventually hauled to jail. wait for it. (laughs) Hauled to jail, and she's now facing charges for attempted murder and child endangerment. That's right, she is. So far, the baby is recovering well, but... If those two women hadn't come by. That's terrible. Yeah. There's so many people that want babies. Like yeah. Just, like just, if you're going to go that far, just give, give it up, up for adoption. adoption. God, if we rule the world. God. Jesus. Bless America. GBA. Okay. Tom Guirin. Guirin? Mm. Another Irish story. He's Irishman <laughs> and their burials. So the Irish potato famine caused a massive amount of death. I don't know how familiar you are with that. I'm not. I'm pretty sure the English were stealing the potatoes or the potatoes wouldn't grow. I don't think they would grow. I think think, it's both. I think the English were stealing them too. I think a famine means it doesn't grow. I I mean, I mean, Jenny's right too. (laughs) I mean, again, they didn't have potatoes. Bottom line is they didn't have potatoes. They didn't have potatoes, goddammit. And as such, Irish grave diggers were hard pressed to find enough space for all the corpses. Is that why I like potatoes so much? Because I have Irish in me? Yeah. I love potatoes, like carbs. Okay. Did you hear what I just said? They couldn't find places to put all the corpses. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was focused on the potato skins. Listen, Pringles. I'm still back on Pringles. All day long. Okay, say that again. Sorry. Oh, the gravediggers found it hard to find places to put all the corpses. Ooh. Yikes. So they worked hard and too quickly, often making major mistakes. <laughs> a common story from that time period was the tale of Tom Guerin, a three-year-old boy who was buried alive by mistake. Oh, no. But he managed to survive. Guerin was presumed dead and buried, but during the interment, the grave diggers accidentally broke both of his legs with the spade. <gasps> Ouch. Nevertheless, he was Poor still able boy. to dig his way to the surface. Now that's a survivor. Of course, there are other versions of the event, but some historians believe that the grave diggers realized their mistake after they broke his legs and he moaned. Oh my goodness. But either way, a little three-year-old. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Guerin himself does not support the second version, so he's saying he dug his way out. I like it. After the ordeal, Guerin walked with a limp, and in the 1890s, he appealed to the Board of Guardians for a new pair of boots. To convince them of this cause, Guerin wrote a verse about his burial. Are you ready for the verse? Mm -hmm. I rose from the dead in the year 48, when a grave at the Abbey had near been my fate. Since then, for subsistence, I I have done all my best. The one shoe points eastward, and the other points west i love him and why do you have to listen why does he have to ask for boots just give this boy boots he's been through enough side note it's like refreshing that he basically was like suing the board yeah, of guardians good... for boots versus like nowadays when people are like i want one billion dollars he's like you know what i want boots. boots i'd sue someone for some boots i like boots did he get his boots it doesn't say I, let's write our own story and say he did. He got his boots. He fell in love with uh, the lady at the boot store. Oh. What's that called? Ha- the cobbler. happily ever after. Yeah. The cobbler's assistant. And she didn't care that he had a limp. She saw the, the beauty in him. That's right. She saw the inside. Yeah. Oh, what a Such story. a beautiful story. All right. So the Tian Dong County baby. Another dong? Another dong. What? China? What is happening? A southern Chinese woman went out picking herbs one day in May 2015. I'm sorry. Is it herbs? Herbs. Herbs. We covered this one time. It's herbs. herbs. When it's a a person's name, it's herb. When it's... Herb. Herbs. And then when it's stuff you put on your food, it's herbs. Herbs. She was near a cemetery when she heard the sound of baby cries coming from beneath the ground. Startled, she went to investigate and realized there was an infant buried alive. When the police were notified, they dug up the baby boy and transported him to the hospital. Now, this is so sad. So they tried to figure out what happened, but they really uncovered a horrible story. Hmm. The boy was born with a cleft lip, and the parents did not want to raise him. Oh, so give they me put that him, baby. I'll raise him. They put him in a cardboard box and abandoned him <gasps> at the cemetery. Dicks. Two days later, That's several sad. relatives went to the graveyard and believed, and believing the boy to be dead, buried him a few centimeters under the ground. So he wasn't very deep, but he was in a cardboard box. And his and, parents are dicks. And he just had a cleft palate. Like, like he, I mean, whether he had anything, it's not acceptable, right. obviously. But Right. According horrible, to the parents, are you ready for guy. this? They were not at fault. 
In a weird twist of events, they blame the boy's grandparents for paying a hitman to take care of the baby. It should come as no surprise that nobody believed the parents' version of events. Good. Good. Those parents are dicks. I hope they rot in a Chinese prison. Are you ready for this, though? That little baby spent eight days buried. And it survived. Uh-huh. He survived. <gasps> So they said when they dug him up, he was coughing up dirty water and that he mostly survived because uh, oxygen and rainwater seeped in through the box. So him being in a cardboard box actually probably saved his life. That's so sad. Okay. Natalia Pasternak. Oh, side note. He turned out fine. Oh, good. His health returned to normal. That was my next question. Yep, he's good. What about his cleft palate? Wouldn't it be amazing if he got that like situated and he could? You know what? Let's write the end of the story. Look at me now. Let's let's write the end of the story. Um, An amazing couple adopted him and had his cleft lip uh, fixed. Or maybe he didn't want to fix. Maybe he's like, I like the way I am. And then um, he, after he became an adult, he went back to his parents and said, "Hey, look at me now. I'm famous and rich and glorious, and I don't live in dong." And I love cardboard boxes. And They're lifesavers. Crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, Natalia Pasternak. She was one of the most unusual stories on the list. She was a native of Siberia. Whoa. Cold. She often went for walks in the woods with her dog. Stay out of the woods. You should stay out of the woods. Yeah. Get a job, mm-hmm. stay out of the woods, buy your own shit. We know. Um, but one day she was collecting birch sap when she came upon a bear. The animal attacked her, mauling her on both legs, and she tried to fend off the bear with a birch branch, but she soon lost consciousness. Well, apparently, I didn't know that bears did this. If they aren't ready to eat their prey, Mm -hmm. they bury them. Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, the bear proceeded to dig a hole and put her in it and then bury her. And she's just unconscious. She's not dead. So uh, fortunately, hunters stumbled upon the grave and uh, they unburied her and realized that the bear was still probably around. So the hunters found it, found the bear, and shot it. Oh, but it was just doing what it... I know, but Natalia, she, at this point, was so terrified that the bear was going to come back. Yeah. That they were just trying to make her feel safe. So anyway, they killed that bear. And she's making a full co- recovery from the ordeal. And it gave her a new lease on life. She attributes her survival to prayer and saying that during the attack... She's thankful that the hunters rescued her before the bear returned to eat her. I wonder how long the bear was going to wait. I don't know. Maybe he just needed a drink to or go with she, his meal. he was like marinating her. Yeah, maybe he likes a, a real earthy flavor on his human. Like a mushroom flavor. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We were drinking, so everything's funny right now. Everything's it's not funny, but no, maybe funny. he likes more of like a, I don't know, like a mushroom base type of marinade <laughs> i'm not i'm not for killing the bear though they should have just okay, moved on i know sorry animal That's my two cents. animal yeah activist over here okay mm-hmm. in 1915 yeah. se dunbar was living in south carolina at the age of 30 she suffered from a seemingly fatal epileptic attack the doctors declared her dead doctors declared her dead multiple and made preparations for her burial Dunbar's sister wanted to come into town for the funeral, so the church delayed services for a day to accommodate her wishes. The service started before Dunbar's sister could arrive, though, and local pastors tried to make the service as lengthy as possible, but as more time went by, they decided to go ahead with the burial. But right as the gravediggers had finished burying the coffin, Dunbar's sister showed up and convinced them to exhume the coffin so she could see her sister one last time. Are you ready for this part? Only when they opened the coffin, Dunbar sat up and smiled at her sister. Everyone panicked and ran. And said, what's up? Thinking she she was a ghost. (laughs) Dunbar chased the mourners into the town and eventually convinced them that she was, in fact, alive and not a ghost. Oh, my God. (laughs) Nevertheless, years afterwards, many people thought she was actually a zombie. (laughs) So not only is this girl buried alive, they treat her like a zombie afterwards. Basically. Regardless of her undead status, Essie Dunbar continued shuffling around South Carolina until her final death in 1962. Oh, so she lived a pretty... Yeah, so she got buried in 1915 and she lived And then buried in 1962. Yeah. She lived a pretty... I mean, that's a pretty good life. Yeah. So that's my 10 stories of people who were buried alive. And if you guys are interested, there were lots of stories about uh, surviving being buried alive. 
um, like YouTube videos and how to's and all that stuff. I, I didn't, I, I didn't jump down that, that rabbit hole yet, but I'm sure I will this weekend. I feel like that's something I'd come home to and Todd would be watching. Mm. Cause he's always watching like YouTube videos on like how to things. I feel like that's something he would how be to watching. survive being buried alive. I, that's a, so it's a skill that everyone should know. Let's be honest. It could happen to any of us. It really could. Hmm. So, so that's we all have a pack that it's where I want, if something happens to me, wait at least 48 hours to bury me. I'm going to say wait three days. Okay, a week. Here's the thing, though. Once you die, don't they embalm you pretty quick? And then you're definitely I dead. Be cre- I think I want to be cremated. So just give me give me a week. They're not going to leave your body alone for a week. You're going to smell. Mm. Three days? <sighs> Whatever. Know. Just give me more than three right. hours. Kenny, did you find the stuff about Mike Meany? Yeah, I found some stuff. Also some interesting things about his story that I wanted to add in there. Ooh. First off, he was in an oversized coffin so he could work out. Like he practiced working out in an oversized coffin beforehand. So is this it, like a bunker? Because that I don't sounds know. like cheating. It yeah. looks like like a coffin big enough for him to do push-ups in. Get out of here. And like, then he count. fed himself on a diet beforehand, like to prepare a diet of steak and cigarettes. That's a terrible diet. That's a That's terrible diet, yeah. My diet. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> there, was, there was one complication uh, with this burial. He didn't tell his wife, and she found out through the radio. <laughs> Oh, small no. factoid. No, no, no. Also, he can like he got books and like newspapers to read during it. Not, so I feel no. like you're not going crazy just so reading. So there were books. lights in there. Yeah, he had like two like funnels of things like to talk to people and send stuff down. He's fine. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin. But how do you go to the bathroom? Uh, so he went to the bathroom. Where was in it? In his luxury gym. There was. <laughs> all his... they said was there was a hatch in the coffin. Mm-hmm. They didn't go into much more detail than that. So he opened the hatch place his butt in it and went or the, his frontal yeah i mean he had so much room to move like he could do whatever he wanted yeah. this that is, doesn't count this is cheating this isn't take true. him off the list you're off the now. list you're Mike. out of my top 10 oh and he thought he could do this because of a previous workplace accident apparently he got buried alive in a workplace accident before oh. okay maybe that part counts but the rest of it doesn't yeah that yeah. part counts but hmm okay yeah so that's uh mike meany Thanks, hmm. Kenny. You're top nine. Top nine. You're out, Mike. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. So I also have a list. Mine is kind of, so I was telling Jenny before we did this, mine is just a mishmash of shmishmash because that's how my week's been and my story is going to reflect that. And guess what? I don't give a fuck. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> so fill up on some wine. Relax. Yep. I got some wine going. I'm ready. Okay, so mine has to do with medical errors, which is one of my... Jenny, I have the same mindset as you were. Like, I want to talk about things that I'm scared of. And one of the things that I'm scared of is being buried alive, but also medical mistakes. Mm, Yeah, that sounds terrifying. It's all... Notice we all have, like, control things. Yeah. Like, it's all... Like, I... So, okay. So, medical errors kill more than a quarter million people every year in the (gasps) United States. That's a lot of fucking people. 250,000? That's a lot. Yep. So according to John Hopkins Hospital, add them all up and you'll quote, you'll have probably the third leading cause of death in the country. I don't know if I believe that. Okay. But but that's a lot. But that's still, I mean, that's a lot. Medical errors. Okay. So here's top 10. I think it's 10. Hold on. I'm just saying 10 because you had 10. <laughs> it is 10. Okay. Here's top 10 mistakes. Oh, like top 10 most terrible mistakes? Just top 10 areas that doctors make mistakes on. Okay. And one of these I'm going to tell a story on. And then I kind of have a lighthearted story towards the end, which is what I sent you, Kenny. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You don't care. Okay. He's like, whatever. He cares. Okay. Look at him. So number one mistake is treating the wrong patient. So, I mean, yeah. What if, what if you're... Jenny Day and I'm Jenny Day and they mix us up. So Just, it, uh, it, it happens. Uh, my face right now is like <laughs> shock. Like, wait, what? Treating the wrong patient. Hospital staff fails to verify a patient's identity. That's why if you've been to the hospital in the past like five years, they look at your wristband and you have to confirm back with them that that's who you are. And that's because they can operate or make a mistake on the wrong patient. That's number one. Oh my God. Okay. Number two is surgical souvenirs, which means no. basically the medical staff miscounts and leaves some type of 
something inside of you, like whether it be like a sponge or a blade or I think this happened to one of my husband's friends. He had a mesh thing put in and he was having a lot of complications with it. So they went back in and there was something left in him. So it also, you're like doing your work, you're setting your stuff down. Yeah. You're in it. You got the music going, you're in your groove and you just, oops, I forgot. I left that, that. Box cutter. Yeah. Perfect. Box cutter? What surgeons are you going to? (laughs) I left that I left that medical sponge in that person's gallbladder. Mm. So they say that um if you have unexpected pain, fever, swelling after surgery, you might have a surgical instrument inside of you. Heads up, people. Side note, that that is one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Like I terrifying. I also feel like they would brush you off. So if you had surgery and you come back in and Mm -hmm. you're like I'm having this really intense pain. Well, you just had surgery, dummy. Go. But it's really because they left something inside of you. What Maybe. If, what if, though, they realized right after they stitched you up that they left something inside, but you were already in recovery, and then, like, when you came back, they're like, you know what? I don't think they would admit right. to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keep going. Maybe, maybe they would, but... <laughs> The next one is lost patients. So a lot of patients with dementia are, uh, they can wonder. So that one's not as, I mean, yeah. Number four, fake doctors. What? Maybe they no, are no. con artists. No, 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 no. What? No. That can't happen. They said it's, it's these are the top 10 no, that medical, in the United States, that medical mistakes. You have to go to medical school. You don't. I mean, Dr. Death basically didn't go to medical school exactly he did but well, he did like he none of he, the right. stuff he had to yeah i mean so. the first and like, he also left sponges in people i love this I article think he mixed up a few people too so far he's like checking off everything he's like yeah so basically doctor this is doctor so this death is left. dr death that's a podcast but for it's people so who fun. don't know yeah it's oh is it i didn't know that you dr death yes. yeah oh yeah what did Janelle. you think it was i thought it was like a, i don't know like a lifetime special or no, something no 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 it's a great podcast. You need really? to download oh, yeah. this. Have I had food in my teeth this whole time? I just picked like no. Okay, but you also have a giant microphone thing in your face, so I can't see your mouth. <laughs> I love so for fake doctors number four. I love the insight they give, like how to. Oh, they're gonna tell me how to do they're it. They're gonna like a prevention tip. Oh, okay. And what they put in here is just make sure you ask for your doctor's credentials before anything. Like you're gonna be like, excuse me, can you show me your diploma? That's like I don't know. Like how do you do that? That's not. Really what smart. about? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy in Catch Me If You Can. Mm. Yeah, he, I love he like that movie. faked his diploma and everything yeah, he though. Did. So it's a I real mean, thing. That people. doesn't even work. I didn't know that was a real thing. I thought it just happened in movies. It's no. it's one of the top ten. God. Okay. Damn it. Okay. Mistake number five is the ER waiting game. So mm. basically where the emergency room gets backed up yep. and it's overcrowded and they don't have enough beds. Mm-hmm. Um, so patients get sicker waiting for care. Um, so their tip is, and trust me, I'm going to have a story with this too. I'm not just reading you off a list of things. No, I like it. Um, their tip is have call your general doctor and have them call ahead to the hospital and tell them that you're coming and it'll get you in faster. What? According to this, and okay. the, when you go to the ER, good news. Yeah, this one's interesting. Number six, air bubbles in the blood. So a hole in the patient's chest isn't sealed airtight after a chest tube is removed. This is one of the top things. I guess it happens a lot. Oh. Um, prevention: If you have a center line tube in, ask how you should position when the line comes out. I'm not. That's no. I'm not going to do. Hey, that. Hey, doctor, how how do you need me? Can you for this? Um, explain where I need to lay? To have this tube. Listen, I've done glamour shots before. You can tell me how to pose. <laughs> do you want my Do you want my hand under my chin, or do or you like want it on my collar? My... <laughs> <laughs> do you want my chin down slightly to my? No, slightly to the left. Is that what you're? Can you take the tube out now? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> Mistake number seven, operating on the wrong body part. This freaks me out. This is where I'm going. No, no. Okay. A lot of, the reason why this can happen is maybe a patient's chart is incorrect or the surgeon misreads it or. They don't know right from left. They don't know right from left, which has to do with the story I'm about to tell you. Oh no. Or also um, a lot of causes were the draping obscures the marks. So like, let's say like you're. I don't know. I can't think of a good example, but whatever. You're draping, like, obscure something and they don't see it. 
So they just do it. Whatever. That sounds terrible. Okay. So this is the story of a four-year-old, Jesse Matlock. He's from Oregon. And he had, he went in for a surgical procedure for a lazy right eye. Poor baby. And um, so the doctor that he went into was certified, all that jazz. Like, he was great. And um, actually, it was a she. And um, she went through all the steps. Like, she marked the eye that she was doing surgery on. Yes. Like, she did everything. Uh-huh. However. Oh, no. I was all excited it was a female surgeon. I know. And now I'm not because she's going to mess it up. I know, I know, I know. So she marked the eye. She went through all the right protocols. It's called a safety timeout where they, like, um, they, they mark everything. And then they also, like, ask other people to double check everything. So she marked the right eye, but she was standing in front of... As he was laying on the bed, she was standing in front of him, so she marked his right eye, let's say. Uh-uh. But then when she goes to stand behind him it's to operate, it's the wrong eye. Oh, no. no. So um, she basically operated on the wrong eye and just mm. took out his good eye or fixed his good eye, which was now bad. So now he has two bad eyes, which is really sad. So, But she did... The cool thing, not cool thing, but she did own up to it after. I mean, you have to own up to it afterwards, but she just said that she lost her sense of direction. And once she realized that what she had done, she owned up to it and she feels awful. But what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what I have to say, though? As like as a mom. Yeah. I would lose my Like your poor boy already has a lazy eye. Like it's hard to read. He probably gets headaches like and you're going in for the surgery and they do the wrong flipping eye. I and they're like, sorry, I lost I had my a lazy direction. eye. Did you? Did you get surgery on it? I did not. My dad is an eye doctor. He caught it very early. I wore a patch for about a year. <laughs> Danelle just spit her wine out. Not be. There's nothing wrong with patches. Listen, I had to wear a patch. I'm just picturing a cute Jenny day with an eye patch. Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a pirate. It wasn't a pirate patch. Oh. It, it looked. It was like a band aid. So it was like flesh colored, oh. and it stuck to my eye, which was terrible because also a lot of kids have lazy eyes though. Yeah, I think and but it came with stickers, and so so we oh, made it fun. But here's the thing: I was in first grade, so I knew, I knew in first grade that wearing an eye patch to school was not going to earn me any points. So I refused to wear it to school. And I think my parents were cool with that. They understood. So as soon as I got home from school every day, I had to put the patch on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also had to wear glasses all the time, whether I was in school or with the patch on, because I had to make my other eyes stronger. So Dr. James Kershaw, shout out. Shout out, fixing that lazy eye. All I have to say, though, is, again, there were stickers for the eye patch. So when I would, like, get home from school, if I went to my friend's house to play, I'd have my patch. I'd put a, like, elephant sticker in the middle of it. That's so cute, though. Look at my elephant. I mean, if I had a child or if I, I would do that, too. It's better than having surgery and them doing the wrong eye. Agreed. So I don't know if you heard that. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, um infection infestation so basically just doctors and nurses not washing their hands which is disgusting um prevention this is so funny i had to read it it may be uncomfortable to ask but make sure doctors and nurses wash their hands before they touch you even if they're wearing gloves i'm not maybe i should but i'm not gonna what yeah i okay not to be like an we just talked about how assumptions can get you into trouble yeah but I'm gonna be honest. I do assume that the doctor has clean yeah, hands. Yeah, no, sticking I'm not his gonna ask him. Or I'm her not. hands on me. I know. Ugh. And if I have gloves on, I assume those are clean. I gloves. think these are all great things to know, but I feel like some of them are very not. Maybe you should. No, I would just not ask that. But I just feel like I, the doctor is the expert, and I should shut up. Right. So don't. Okay. Don't do that. Okay. Is I my should point. Ask. Okay. Good. So okay. number nine mistake is lookalike tubes. Uh, I, apparently a chest tube and a feeding tube can look a lot alike. <gasps> oh my God. I've heard about this. So something that's meant for the stomach goes into the chest. No, I've yes. heard about that happening. So it can just cause a lot of complications. Mm. Number 10, mm-hmm. which is one of my most, one of my biggest fears, not as scared as flying, but up there waking up during surgery. Oh my God. No, no. Okay. So, are you telling me a story about this now? I am. I'm going to tell you quick. This is a story of okay. Aaron Cook. And it's interesting because as I committed to this topic, I I did a lot of research. And it's really hard to find stories on this because doctors don't report it or it's just not. It's not. Well, they settle and then it's like you can't it's publish hush, anything. Hush. So yeah. there's not a ton out there. Yeah. 
Um, which I think one article I read um, about she was actually a uh, physician's assistant mm-hmm. and she had an asthma issue, went to the hospital, they gave her the wrong medicine. She knew they gave her the wrong medicine because it wasn't working. And so she's actually trying to change the code of ethics where like people can talk about it because it's the only way you're going to fix it. So right. it's a very hush-hush. Like it's not, it's not easy to find a lot of information. But I did find the story of Erin Cook who is a woman that underwent surgery to remove an ovarian tumor. And surgeries, this type of surgery, it's not it's not super uncommon. Um, I mean, it's not an easy surgery, but it's, it's more common than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wasn't super, like, overly nervous about it. Like, it's, it's not brain surgery or anything, but it's still invasive. Which you're awake for, by the way. Which Did you would know be, that? No. Which when would you, be terrifying. Often when you have brain surgery, you're awake. Continue. Do they give you like a Xanax? You don't have any nerves in your brain, so they can just poke around all they want. It's to make sure they're not like fucking with the wrong thing. Like, like can they you, ask can you, to, you like, still talk see? Hey, can you still see? Hey, can you feel? Can you feel your hands? Yeah, but what about the nerves in the rest of your body? Like, listen, I don't know. We'll get I'm more info. I'm not that smart. We just know that you're awake during brain surgery. But continue, Kenny. You need to find that out for me. Okay. I don't even know like what to search for that. <laughs> Go Just to Wikipedia kidding. and look it up. <laughs> okay, so on March 15th, she was wheeled into the OR and they strapped her down. And if you've ever had surgery, they take your arms, which I'm making like a cross, like my arms out like this. Yeah. And they strap your arms down like this. So it's mm-hmm. already terrifying. Yeah. You're like, I can't move. And they, um, you know, start pumping in the anesthesia. It flows through her body. And um, let's see. And you it, count down from 10. 10. Nine, and then, but before eight. you before you count down, they say where? Well, this is what they said to me. They were like, "Think of what's your favorite vacation?" And I'm like, "Oh, I went to the Bahamas once, and it was great." And they're like, "Let's just sit on the beach and think about it." And they're like, "And then I was just out." So they want you they want you to like associate that when while you're out or whatever. Yeah. So you count down, like Jenny said, and um, she remembers closing her eyes and going under. And then, um, you know, normally, typically you go under and you wake up and you're in out recovery. of surgery and you're in pain or whatever, but you don't remember anything. Well, Erin, she's strapped to the table um, and they did the anesthesia and a short time later, her consciousness was all of a sudden jolted awake by intense searing pain. No! She felt the vertical cut moving slowly through her flesh. Now, this is an ovarian surgery, so it's in her stomach. Mm-hmm. And she remembers thinking during this moment, I, I can't believe this is happening. And she also thought this doesn't happen to people. Like, why can I feel this? Like I'm supposed to be asleep. And anyone's natural reaction would be to obviously scream or yell or do something or anything. And part of the anesthesia, 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 thank you. Anesthesia process. Oh boy. One of the components is it causes paralyzation. Right. So you can't move, you can't speak, you can't do anything. So she's awake, but she can't like signal to them that she's awake. Right. Um, but I wonder if like vitals, if they should have been watching her vitals more closely. Like I feel like there's are there are certain red flags that they didn't catch. But so she tried to let the doctors know. She tried to scream. She tried to do anything and nothing. She was just paralyzed. Her surgery lasted three hours. No. She no, was no. awake. Basically, she remembers every single solitary second and felt it for three hours um oh i know it's awful um let's see and then i threw up yeah (laughs) okay so she felt every cut blah 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 so later it was discovered now this is terrifying that the gas vaporizer had leaked during the surgery and the doctors had failed to notice in time and they had determined that she'd only received 5% of the anesthesia needed for the operation. (gasps) So she was under a little bit, but only 5% and felt three hours worth of someone cutting into her ovaries and removing something from them. And yes. Stitching her back up. Oh my God. Okay. So those are my top 10 of medical mistakes. And then I have a a lighthearted story to end everything. Oh, okay. Thank God. Okay. This is what I sent you, Kenny. So this is from a doctor that wrote into this article and he says, I was a junior doctor working in neurosurgery back in 2008 when one of the senior um, doctors told him of his most unfortunate moment of his career. And here's his story. Oh God. Um, 
so they were doing some type of brain surgery, I'm assuming. And in order to have the patient's head stabilized for surgery, he was using a frame that had a set of three spikes. So Pretty sure this was a doctor and not some sort of like <laughs> right? S&M kind of guy? No, no, no. So I guess it was like this round thing. I'm making this part up, but this is how I envision it. It goes okay. over their head uh-huh. and you like stabilize it with three spikes that go into like the sides below their chin and stuff to hold. Okay. I hope those are padded, but okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Well, they're not padded because what happens next, you'll know. Mm -mm. So, um, so three spikes to hold the head in place. So due to the angle, he needed to approach the patient. He had to put the patient face down, however they're operating. And so as he was placing the patient face down, who was already under anesthesia, he accidentally, put his head in one of the spikes his eyeball so one of the spikes went through one of his eyeballs and the doctor was like oh shit and didn't and like freaked out and was like trying to like get it off the spike and like just didn't know what to do so they called the optometrist and brought him in and the optometrist got his eyeball out and was basically like this guy's eyes done like donezo he's you ruined his eye Oh, no. So they finished with the surgery, and the doctor was terrified that he had to now go explain to the patient that, yes, we fixed whatever we went to go in and fix, but now you also don't have an, one of your eyeballs. Like it's Patch time. Patch. Speaking of patches with stickers. Right. <laughs> so the doctor goes in, fearing the worst, and the patient's response to him is this. That's okay. I was blind in that eye anyway. So it turned out just fine. <laughs> that's my medical error stories. Oh my of, God. I was like, how is this going to turn lighthearted? That's how to survive medical errors. <laughs> is no to question your doctor at every turn. Every turn. And then, hey, if you only have one eye working, you might It might get on poked top. out and then you're fine. Right. No so, big deal. NBD. There you go. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Oh my God. I read that and I was like, I love this. I like that that patient was just like, that's cool. I tried to stick with that article, but every other story was just not, I just wasn't into the other stories. So I, I, I like I the ones a little trail. Those yeah. Were, those were good. Yeah, I trailed off from that. So, oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Holy shit. Kenny. Kenny, we're ready for it. Okay. So mine involves an eye in hospitals Why as well. Why are you on eyes oh, so much? Get it on. So, uh, a woman goes to the hospital with a supposed eye infection. Good news. It's not an eye infection. Bad news. What did the doctors find in her eyes? I think I know. So I'm going to let Danelle Do you know first. this story? I think I do. I was worried that people would because it's kind of been all over. But all right. Danelle. I have two guesses. I might be wrong. Okay, go. I'll let Danelle Mine are always terrible, there. so you know I'm oh not going to guess it. the right thing. Your guesses are Okay, my, my first guess is a worm of some sort. Okay. Or chlamydia. I don't know. That just popped in my mind. Can chlamydia get in your eyes? Sure. Sure. You don't know. It sure can't. Not that I know. No, I'm asking because <laughs> I know. I was like, Danelle, would you like to tell us I something? just feel like it can because people do okay. weird things. Are with you ready? Their... Yeah. Crabs. No. You're oh, not ready but that is a good guess. My... I heard that can actually happen because if you're giving um, oral pleasure to someone. And they don't trim their. And they, or can, they, they have can a lot. Out, they can come out of the pube area and attach to your <gasps> what? eyelashes. <laughs> you're all welcome. So what they found were four bees living in her eyeball, feeding on her tears. What? Excuse bees? me, what? How? How big They're are not bees? I don't understand. So it's, um. give me a second. I need to find where it says what kind of bee it is. Um, it's not a bumblebee. No, clearly. it's like a type of bee. <gasps> is it a sweat feeding on her Tears. So it's so these sad. bees that nest near graves and in fallen trees. So Ooh. chances of coming across them while hiking in mountains are very high. This lady, she was at her family's gravesite pulling out weeds when she thought she got dirt in her eye, but in fact she got bees that are then now, lived in that her lived eye? in her eye for a couple days. How big were these bees? Do you think? They said under a microscope they could see them, so I don't really oh, they know. Must be so they're tiny. like large. Like they have bees. to be able to get into your tear duct to, yeah. to drink. Well, the tears. it was a microscope to pull them out. Apparently, the doctor said I saw an insect leg, so I <gasps> went under the microscope to pull out the bees one oh, by abs- one. Absolutely not. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm, do they have stingers? I don't know about that. Well, they're bees. 
So Let's, probably, I mean, we're not supposed to assume things, but I'm assuming they have stingers. I'm going to assume they have Not that I think they were going to sting their but host. But they're not going to sting their home, so. Right. Oh, that's a good thing for people to write in on if they've ever had, like, a weird, like, worm in their body <gasps> or something. And that creeps it. me out. I want to know if you've had anything weird living in you. Gross. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah, what I'm saying? I know you're saying. Or okay. you know someone that has. <gasps> yes. I want to know. You know what else weirds me out? Cauliflower ear. That wrestlers get? Yeah. I want to know I more about I dated a guy that. once that was a wrestler and he had, he always had it. Not always, but like that ringworm. They always have ringworm too. I'm going to ask my husband. Well, okay. It doesn't go away. Then my husband never Unless had it. Unless you husband had like. Was an avid wrestler. You can have like a surgery to get rid of it, but. Maybe Donald had a surgery. Yeah. I don't think he did. I feel like I would know about that. I think I, it's like a pretty simple procedure. Oh, I'll ask him. I'm just going based on like an interview I heard with a hockey player who has oh. cauliflower ear, and they're like, mm-hmm. it's like a sign of like toughness to have it, so we don't get rid of it. No, it's gross. But they're like, it's pretty easy to get rid of. So it's from oh. breaking the cartilage so many times, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I just remember dating this guy, and like we would go to Thanksgiving, and he would never eat anything because he was a wrestler, and I'm like, oh. put food in your mouth. <laughs> Please just eat for the love of God. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I feel like this was an exceptionally silly episode. I loved it though. Yeah. You guys didn't? Oh my God. (laughs) We don't care. You can leave. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we again are drinking Merlot. Which is great. Yes. Good pick. Biltmore Estate, uh, which is in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, we have a new website, sipsurvivorpeat.com. We would love if you would check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have bios on there eventually, but we just don't right now. Meaning Kenny and I haven't sent Jenny our bios yet. I haven't nope. written mine either. Okay, And good. I built the website. Thank you. <laughs> um, and also follow us on social. And you know what we would really love more than anything mm-hmm. is for you to rate, review, and subscribe. and subscribe. And if you could tell your friends that you love this podcast, mm-hmm. you want them to listen. That'd be even better. That'd be amazing. So that's it. That's this week's episode. Episode nine. Oh, I'm glad you're keeping track. Can you believe we have nine episodes? No, it's amazing. I love everything about it. Guys. We're we're almost at 10. We're almost at 10. Is that, I don't know what kind of anniversary that is, but I like it. I have no idea. Okay, great. Just a 10 year anniversary. I don't know. Or a a 10 10, episode. A 10 episode anniversary. For the next one, I'll get us like some sweets to celebrate. Ooh, okay. I'm not against it. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll see you guys next week for Sip Survive. Repeat. Yay! Bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network. Bye. Bye.